Some cars are comfy on the inside but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package. But that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated. And right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone. Welcome to Not Joe Flacco, the podcast. We are talking, what is Mahomes going to have to do to pass Brady as the greatest of all time? Could the Bucks miss the playoffs even with Tom Brady? And is Joe Burrow going to be a bust? I do my best to answer all those questions on episode three of Not Joe Flacco, the podcast. Let's get into the questions. Episode 3 of Nacho Flacco, the podcast, is brought to you by loneliness. Because without loneliness, I don't think I'd be doing this right now. Here is something you might want to debate about. I think Patrick Mahomes, within like 15 to the time he retires, will probably be considered the GOAT over Tom Brady and Drew Brees because he has an MVP. will probably have more records than Drew Brees and maybe at least five rings and more talent quarterback-wise than Aaron Rodgers ever will have. By the way, this is a maybe hot take, which would, as you may have guessed, make him considerably and very easy to argue the goat great question ian ian's asking uh, if i can make a prediction on will mahomes soon be the goat nobody fucking knows i'm sorry i cursed you sound like you're 11 um nobody knows obviously so let's look at what it would take for patrick mahomes to be the goat so at least for me Right, rings are important. MVPs are important. First team All Pros are important. Super Bowl appearances are important. Okay, win or lose, just getting the big game is is still a factor. So let's look at exactly what I think Patrick Mahomes would have to do to make that leap from where he's at in his third year, starter for two seasons, up to the greatest of all time. He is going to have to emulate Tom Brady and Peyton Manning and avoid what happened to Dan Marino. From a Tom Brady perspective, and this is the thing that should scare the shit out of the rest of the league, is that Patrick Mahomes already has an MVP. Patrick Mahomes already has a title. He will not have the pressure on him in the back half of his career to try and go get a ring the way that Matt Ryan will or any of the other or Drew Brees to go get his second ring 
Mahomes is is off to the best start from a team and statistical perspective of anybody I think I've ever seen. He's got the MVP. He's got the first team all pro. He's got a ring already. He's pretty much cemented as the best quarterback in the league right now. And the thing that Tom Brady did, because he won early, was he was able, he he decided early on, kind of like Tiger Woods did, that he was going to chase the big ones. Tiger Woods would sit, would didn't play all the tournaments every year, but he always played the majors. And those were his focus. Every other tournament was a tune-up for the majors. Tom Brady took less money so that the Patriots could put a better team around him. Patrick Mahomes should do that if he's actually chasing greatest of all time status. Where he's going to want to emulate Peyton Manning, who is now, so Tom Brady's the greatest postseason quarterback we've ever seen and has had an absolutely stellar career during the regular season. Three MVPs, multiple first team all pros where Peyton Manning is the best regular season quarterback we've ever seen. Seven first-team All-Pros, five MVPs. But the rings that he's got are, are, taint, are to me, tainted. Right? You know, and I said this on yesterday's podcast, playing Rex Grossman and then needing Von Miller to carry you is the only argument against Peyton Manning probably being the greatest of all time and only having two rings. So for, And for your two rings to be, your only two rings to be Rex Grossman and the Von Miller Super Bowl uh, are red flags for me. As mu- as much red flags as you can have with Peyton fucking Manning. So Mahomes is going to have to be the greatest regular season quarterback of all time. And he's going to have to take less money like Tom Brady did so that he doesn't run into the problem that Breeze and Manning and Rodgers have had, which is they all have big contracts or they've had big contracts and the team wasn't able to put as much talent around them. Mahomes is also going to have to have superior coaching along the way. For him to get even to the number two spot, for me, is is Montana. He's going to have to win three Super Bowls and be closer to Peyton Manning in terms of regular season success and statistics. So if he can be Peyton Manning during the regular season and be and get to three win three rings, put up four MVPs, he's probably my number two greatest quarterback of all time. And everybody else slides down a notch. Montana goes to three, Manning to four, Elway to five. The thing that he needs to avoid are injuries and what happened to Dan Marino, which are kind of the same thing. <clears throat> Dan Marino, because Mahomes, I mean, we can talk about Mahomes being the greatest, you know, off to the one of the greatest starts of all time. But from a regular season statistical standpoint, nobody's touched Dan Marino. For three straight years to start his career, he was the TD king and he was the yards king. He led the league in three straight years in yards and touchdowns. First team all pro all three years. 
but he didn't win a Super Bowl. And after those first three years, he never again led the league in touchdowns, and only two more times did he lead the league in yards. So what I would say before you guys start thinking that Patrick Mahomes is belongs in the top 10 already, Dan Marino barely made it into my top 10. I think number nine was where I ended up putting him. And it's because of the fall off. So if Patrick, if Patrick Mahomes is going to get to that level, if he's going to get into the top five, if he's going to get into the top three, if he's going to get into the top two, then he is going to need to emulate Tom Brady, not take as much money during contract negotiations, let it be about the team, let it be about him chasing Super Bowls. Where Tom Brady had the advantage was he grew up idolizing Joe Montana. So the the mark was always Joe Montana. The mark was always those four Super Bowls because that was always the reason that Joe Montana was the greatest of all time. He has the rings, he has the MVPs, but it's the it's the it's the mythology around never throwing a, an interception in the Super Bowl. 4 and 0 in the Super Bowl. Three Super Bowl MVPs. The only year he didn't win Super Bowl MVP is cuz Jerry Rice went nuts and guess who was throwing the ball to him? Joe Montana. So, you've got a situation where Mahomes, it depends on who his blueprint is. Brady had Montana. Who is Patrick Mahomes' blueprint? If it's Manning, and Breeze, and he wants to rack up a ton of yards, and he wants to rack up a ton of regular season awards, but he's going to take some big contracts and suck that team, suck that money up out of the salary cap so it can't be spent on the offensive line, so it can't be spent on the defensive line, then he's probably not going to get there. In this world, with a salary cap, the best player on the team, the quarterback, is going to have to take less if they want to win multiple Super Bowls. He's still going to need, and again, he's still going to need to have the regular season things. Brady, in my mind, wouldn't be the GOAT if not for the 50 TD season. Because he showed he could go out there and lay waste to the league. Definitively the best quarterback in the league that year. And Mahomes has already done that. Again, another advantage. But he's going to need to keep some of that stuff up. You know, he went from 50 touchdowns in 2018 to 26 in 2019. He had less touch of the two Super Bowl quarterbacks. He had the less touch, the the least touchdowns between him and Jimmy G. And he's going to have to avoid the Dan Marino thing. And part of the Dan Marino thing is is coaching. He had Don Shula, but Don Shula was well past his prime. Uh, And so he's going to, you know, it's like Andy Reid's in his 60s. How long is Andy Reid really going to stay coaching, especially now that he's got a Super Bowl? I think it's in Andy Reid's blood, and I think he's going to stick around. But something to be concerned about is Andy Reid's age in this as well. Because Montana had Walsh for pretty much the majority of his career. Brady had... Belichick for the majority of his career. Manning had really good coaches throughout his career, at at least until he got deeper into his career and he was able to kind of be a little more self-sufficient. 
So that is, I don't know whether he'll get there. I think for him to, for him to break my top five, he needs uh, one more ring, probably one more MVP. For him to, and, and I think the MVP is likely, the ring, you know, we'll see. For him to get past uh, Elway at number four, he's going to have to make three or four Super Bowls. To get past Manning, he's going to have to come close to Manning, but he's going to have to win two or three Super Bowls, and he's going to have to beat some good teams to get there, and he's going to have to be the reason they get there. And for him to get past Joe Montana, he's got to get to, like I said, three Super Bowls, four Super Bowls, be the reason they won, right? And then on top of that, um, he's going to need to put up the continue to put up the regular season numbers and get some some more MVPs. But for him to reach Tom Brady is going to take a it's going to take basically all of that. Great question, Ian. Let's get to the next one. A controversial opinion I feel pretty strongly about would be that the Bucks adding Tom Brady and some of their other key pieces that they added will still not make the playoffs next year. Nate, this is the thing that I think that a lot of people are thinking is that how how much better does this team get? So Nate's asking, does Tom Brady even make that big of a difference for the Bucks? They missed the playoffs last year. So let's look at this. The Bucks were uh, seven and nine. They were supposed to be eight and eight if you look at their Pythagorean record. They were three and six in one score games, so you got to you got to imagine that they're going to get some improvement there. So, but that's each of those things end up being about a win, right? Win, win and a half, two wins. That's not going to be the uh, that's not going to get it done. Okay, the Bucks schedule last year, twenty nineteen, they played the NFC West, very strong division, and then played the AFC South, another strong division. This year. They played the NFC Central, which, like the NFC West, sent two teams to the playoffs. And they play the AFC West. So now they've got to play the Super Bowl champions. And now they've got to play a good Chargers team and an improving Broncos team. And who knows what the Raiders are going to do. So I don't think schedule is going to be the reason. I don't. I, I, it's not that they've got some huge improvement to make in terms of schedule. It's not like they were incredibly unlucky. They were a little unlucky in terms of their, their one score games. And I think, you know, if you go from 30 interceptions down to 20 interceptions or 15 interceptions, things get better and that helps win close games, obviously. And that's the difference between going from Winston to Brady and, and 15 interceptions from Brady would be tremendous. Um, except for the fact that, and by tremendous, I mean, not likely, Except for the fact that Bruce Arians always has trouble with guys in their first year. And so what we're what we're talking about here is what is the gap? Okay. What is the actual gap between Tom Brady and Jameis Winston? So let's look at the other three quarterbacks. So this is the fourth time that Bruce Arians has started fresh with a new quarterback. The first three times were all number one picks. Carson Palmer, later in his career, but still a former number one pick. Jameis Winston, still on his rookie contract, still a young 
young player, and this was last year, and also Andrew Luck. All three of those guys led the league in turnover-worthy throws at like something like 40-plus. It's not an offense that lends itself to protecting the ball, which you should factor in if your team signs Jameis Winston because if they get it, if he they, if he gets a better system, he's likely to put up a lot better numbers in terms of turnovers than he did last year. But also the second year in the system was a great year for all three of for Palmer and for Luck. Uh, and Winston, we don't get to, and I actually, you know, now that I think about it, I'm not sure Luck did get an extra season because that's when Palmer got, oh, that's when uh, Arians got the Cardinals job. So I think that Winston would have had a much better year, second year in the system. We've seen, we see this with uh, Kyle Shanahan in Atlanta. Matt Ryan, not so great first year, huge second year MVP candidate. This is what I'm banking on as a Niners fan. Jimmy G, 26 touchdowns, a lot of interceptions. And by a lot, I mean half as many as Jameis. But hoping for a a huge year. So what is the difference? So we know that Tom Brady's going to throw less interceptions than Jameis, even in this system. But Tom Brady throwing a pick a game in this system wouldn't be unheard of considering these other guys that were in the system as well. And none of these guys were terrible. Again, all tremendous pedigree. All had, uh, you know, specifically Palmer and Luck, great careers. And now the GOAT comes in at the end of his career. And at the end of his career, is he suited to play this style of offense? Now, is Bruce Arians going to lord over Tom Brady the same way he probably did with Jameis and, and a young Andrew Luck? And uh, a beat up Carson Palmer, probably not. He's going to defer to the to the goat every once in a while. But coaches are coaches; they're going to want to run their plays. And I think Brady Brady likes to be coached. I don't think he's he's a <clears throat> he's a guy that wants to is, is necessarily going to come in and f- impose his system on Arians. I think he wants to play with these guys. I think he wants to play in this offense. I think he wants to be able to throw the ball downfield to Evans and to Godwin. I think he wants to throw to the the, the two big tight ends. So I think he does want – I think part of the reason to go to the Buccaneers is, sure, it's it's not New England, and that's that ch- checks the first box. But it's also – it's going to be a lot of fun for him. He's going to have weapons, and he hasn't always had weapons. Here's the problem. Jameis had those weapons too, and Jameis put up a huge year. Forget the interceptions for a second. 8.2 yards per attempt, which is elite territory. Top three, four in the league last year. Tom Brady was at 6.6. This is his worst – passing season in terms of yards per attempt since 2002 and he's going to be 43 and Jameis did that behind a line that graded out one spot better than the Patriots so I think one was 17 and one with 18 in pass block win rate so you've got these two teams that have ostensibly very similar success in terms of the offensive line but one quarterback put up 8.2 yards per carry or per throw, and Brady put up 6.6 yards per throw. Now, stylistically, obviously, that's going to change. Arians throws the ball downfield. That's just what his quarterbacks do. 
And Brady hasn't always been the best guy to throw the ball downfield. But I think, again, part of this is to stretch Brady. Brady's this is a this is a midlife crisis, if you will. This is like, can I still go? You know, I'm I'm 43. Can I still go to the bar and pick up a chick? You know, he's in like that mode right now. And so, I think that Brady will not have like if this was fantasy football talk. I don't think I'm going near Brady. I usually don't because he's usually overvalued, anyways. And I usually like waiting to to take my to take my quarterbacks, but he's going to throw some touchdowns. He's going to throw for a decent amount of yards, but he is going to throw picks because that's what the Bruce Arian system kind of dictates: is that you're going to throw some picks, but we're going to push the ball down the field. The offensive line is not stellar. They've got two solid spots, center and guard, but the other spots are a little iffy, and so. Can, and and Winston, while not being, you know, he's not Lamar Jackson, but he can move. Brady's more kind of left to right in the pocket, little movements. So, but he hasn't played behind this line either. He doesn't know where these guys are coming from. How how can he possibly get those reps in time? So we're going to see, this is a risk for Brady in terms of he's going to throw interceptions just because of the system. And he's making these big change at the end of his career. And he's sacrificing familiarity with the system for weapons that Bill Belichick was never going to give him. And so at the end of the day, the question is, will the Bucks make the playoffs? And I think that in a seven-team format, obviously they've got a better shot. But you've got three teams in the the, the last two Super Bowl teams are both from the NFC West. The Seahawks last year won 12 games. I don't think they're going to do as good, but they won 12 games. The Saints are still until further notice, the Saints are the 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 big dog in the NFC South. The Falcons I don't think are going to be any good. The Panthers are obviously not really focused on being good right now. The NFC East by default, gets one playoff spot. They should probably evaluate that. But the you know the Cowboys, and I, I would say the Cowboys are the favorite there. So is it likely that the Bucks get in in that seventh, sixth, or fifth spot? I would say it's sixty forty that the Bucks make the playoffs. I wouldn't, but and that's because of the uh, listen. I'm I'm giving them credit for the upgrade in the for the upgrade in the. Uh, in the quarterback position. But I think the rest of that conference, we forget, you forget just how dominant the NFC was last year from top to bottom. Like it was the sixth seed in the, in the, you know, it's like the sixth seed in the conference this year, won 10 games. So the bucks are going to have to have a really good season. And Brady's going to have to do something that none of these other quarterbacks have done in their first year under Arians. And that's take care of the football. And if if you're if you're ever looking for an immovable object and the irresistible force, you've got one of the guys who takes the better care of the ball than anybody in the history of the game versus a system that just thrashes first year quarterbacks with with interceptions. It's going to be really fucking interesting. 
I can't wait. I'll be watch, definitely be watching more Bucks games than I have in the last four decades. But but we're still not. Um, I'm still not convinced that it's a lock. Like I don't think they're a lock for the division. Now, if something happens to Breeze, sure. You know, he high fives Aaron Donald again. Absolutely, it's now the Bucks division to lose. But Brady's gonna have to stay healthy behind a line he's not used to. He's going to have to avoid interceptions in a system that is prone for it. And he's going to have to beat out a lot of other really good teams. So I'm looking forward to it. Great question, Nate. Here's something you may or may not agree on, too. I think Joe Burrow will underachieve in his rookie season. With... Out of world expectations from the fans, he will underachieve and be a bust. Like Tim Tebow. Fun fact, Tim Tebow and Case Keenum both have more playoff ones than Carson Wentz, Matthew Stafford, and, um, oh, right. Yeah, off topic. Just listen to the first thing. That voice sounds really familiar. I didn't realize it, but I picked two questions from the same person. Good job, Ian. So Ian's asking, is Joe Burrow going to be a bust? I have no fucking clue. I don't watch college football. I don't watch game tape. But I do look at trends. Okay. So let's look at first overall quarterbacks. Let's do that. Let's go here and say, let's go in and look at what do quarterbacks taken first overall, overall since from the last 15 years tell us. So from the last 15 years, six of the quarterbacks taken first overall are no longer with the team that drafted them first overall. Alex Smith, no longer with the Niners. He's on his third team. Jamarcus Russell, out of football. Sam Bradford, bounced around for years, out of football. Cam Newton, doesn't have a job yet. Andrew Luck, out of football. Jameis Winston, doesn't have a job. So, I don't say, wouldn't necessarily call all those guys busts. But taking a quarterback first overall definitely doesn't even guarantee you he's going to be on your team in four years, five years. Two of these guys have made the Super Bowl, Cam and Goff. And Goff fell way the hell off ever since. Cam fell off ever since, both losing to the Patriots. So it's not a – drafting a quarterback first overall doesn't guarantee you – doesn't even guarantee you a, a a Super Bowl spot. You've got a bad team. That's why you're drafting first overall. You have bad teams, inexperienced coaches, bad coaches. That's why teams draft first overall. And so I think it's it's highly likely that Joe Burrow is a bust just because it's really hard to play quarterback when you've got a really terrible team around you. On top of that, 
He plays for the, he's most likely going to be with the Bengals, who are a terrible organization. They're cheap. They don't hire enough, the, the trainers, uh, they don't hire enough scouts. They don't hire enough trainers. They don't hire enough coaches. This is not an organization you want to play for. If, if anybody was going to pull an Eli Manning and force his way out of a, a, a position, Joe Burrow should absolutely jump on that. Force his way out of Cincinnati as soon as possible. But who knows? Maybe he falls in with the coach, falls in love with the coach that they hired, Zach Taylor. Wasn't he on Home Improvement? He was one of the characters on Home Improvement, Zach Taylor. So is it likely that Joe Burrow's a bust? I'd say yes. He's going to play for a, he's got he's playing for an inexperienced coach that was only hired because that coach had shaken hands with Sean McVay at some point, high fived him at a bar. I think that's how you, I think that's how Zach Taylor got the job. I didn't like the way that the Bengals played last season for their new coach. I much preferred the way that the you know it's the Bengals and the and the Dolphins were both equally bad to start the season. One of those two teams actually made it work, though. Dolphins finished five and four. If I'm the Dolphins fans, I'm feeling like I've got momentum, even though momentum's not really a thing going from season to season. But if I'm the Bengals fans, I'm worried that my team wasn't playing hard enough for their coach. So you've got an inexperienced coach, maybe a coach that never even had the locker room, let alone could lose it, might not even have it to lose it, a young coach playing for a terrible organization that was bad because that's why they got the number one pick. Now, that being said, Kyler Murray won the rookie of the year last year from the number one spot. Cam won the rookie of the year. Sam Bradford won the rookie of the year. These guys have all won rookie of the year with that coming out of the first spot there. Seven first-year quarterbacks have won Rookie of the Year. Not even necessarily number one picks, but just seven first-year quarterbacks in the last 15 years have won Rookie of the Year. So it's possible that Burrow could put up some stats. He's got a good receiving core. Again, I'm assuming the Bengals, A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd. He's got a good team around him. I imagine he's, he's, he's going to put up some stats. The offense is, you know, the coach is supposed to be an offensive innovator. Even they didn't hire him because he was an innovator. They hired him because he like once looked at Sean McVay's playbook. So I would say I'd be bet if, if you, if you let me take any other player, you know, if you gave me Joe Burrow versus the field for rookie of the year or Joe Burrow versus the field for making it to the playoffs or Joe Burrow versus any of the other quarterbacks that are going to get taken in this draft, I would take the field. I would take any of the other quarterbacks going to any of the other teams that all, that definitionally are better than the Bengals are right now. I would take any of those quarterbacks to have success over Joe Burrow. I take my chances that they might not be the best quarterback in the in the draft, but they're going to a better situation with better coaching and better players around them, and they're going to have more success. So I think Joe Burrow might be a bust. He might be great. He had an an amazing season at LSU, one of the great seasons of all time. But Dwayne Haskins threw 50 touchdowns his his last year in college. 
And everybody laughs at him now. I think he's still going to be good, though. I like Dwayne Haskins. Bought one of his rookie cards. But none of this, you know, it's like 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Out of 10 quarterbacks taken first overall in the last since 2005, six no longer with their team. So it's odds are a third of uh, just taking that, you got a 33% chance of Joe Burrow not even being on the team. A couple of these guys aren't even in football anymore. Luck and Jamarcus. A couple of these guys don't have jobs right now. Jameis and Cam. And Alex Smith, you know, has put together a great career, but his career is essentially over because of injury. That's nothing to do with him being a first overall pick. But Alex Smith is the Alex Smith is the, the nightmare. Right? A good professional quarterback that goes to a shitty organization first overall with terrible coaches and fails and fails and fails and fails and is rescued by another coach down the line. So that's the that's the that should be every that should be the Joe Burrow nightmare right now is that you end up like you end your first six, seven years end up like Alex Smith. Do you imagine how mentally tough you've got to be to be Alex Smith? Fight through those first god-awful first five, six seasons to come out on the other side? Alex Smith crawled through 500 yards of shit-smelling foulness, the likes of which you can't even imagine. Shout out Shawshank. Just for Tom Hanks, or (laughs) Tom Hanks, Jim Harbaugh to meet him on the other side. And I think that's, if you gave, if you, if we're looking at any of these scenarios, right? I mean, let's look at the things he's got that Joe has in common. He's uh, theoretically playing for an offensive mastermind. Check with Kyler. He's going to a bad organization. Same thing as Baker. Baker, really good first year, not so much second year. Goff, again, doing the offensive mastermind thing, um, but isn't necessarily, I think, for the most part, everybody's pretty down on on Jared Goff right now. Jameis Winston, bad organization. Andrew Luck, out of football because played for a bad team early in his career and got the hell beat out of him. Cam, had to carry too much of the load, got the hell beat out of him. Sam Bradford, always injured, playing for bad teams behind bad offensive lines. Matthew Stafford, this wouldn't be a bad scenario for him. He's a bad team and and an organization that's never going to win anything, but he's putting up stats and he's doing his thing. This is not a bad scenario. He's making a ton of money. It's not a bad scenario if you're Joe Burrow to end up like Matt Stafford. Jamarcus Russell, this one's not going to happen. I'm pretty sure that if they send game film home with – Joe Burrow, that he'll actually watch it. But I think the most likely scenarios long-term are probably, you know, you're looking at Alex Smith, Sam Bradford, and a best-case scenario, Kyler Murray. Well, let's go with something a little a little deep. Best-case scenario, I think, is Stafford, which if you're a Bengals fan, you're not, you're not unhappy. You know, you're getting Andy Dalton plus. That's what you're supposed to get from a first overall pick. Because look, you're only two of the last eleven have been to a Super Bowl. It's not you're just looking for somebody to stabilize a franchise and make you like football again. 
That's really what you're looking for from your number one pick. Because the Bengals fans aren't used to winning playoff games or anything. So, Ian, congratulations on my third podcast ever. You are officially the first person to ever get two questions answered. Thanks for submitting. It's a great question. I enjoyed trying to answer it. Hope you enjoyed the way I answered it. If you've made it this far, I appreciate it. I hope you liked what I had to say. If you didn't like it, I hope you come back next week and hear more of the stupid shit that comes out of my mouth. Thanks for listening. Go ahead, like, subscribe, review, whatever you got to do. Help me get that podcast clout. Thanks, guys. If you're struggling with alcohol or drugs, Recovery Centers of America can help. RCA's local inpatient and outpatient programs are founded on science and delivered with heart from an expert caring team who will inspire and guide you every step of the way. Call 1-800-941-2358 to speak with a treatment advisor. At RCA, you'll be in a community that builds connections and fosters support from peers and RCA's team of medical professionals. At RCA's state-of-the-art campuses, they tailor your treatment to you and also offer specialized programs for patients with history of trauma or relapse, for young adults, for adults 50+, plus, for LGBTQ patients who wish to seek treatment without worry of stigmas, a confidential program for first responders and military military, and a faith-based program. Recovery Centers of America accepts patients 24-7 and is in network with most insurance providers. Don't wait. Call 1-800-941-2358. 800-941-2358. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.